in every church that we have been a part of, this has been a question or conversation that I've had probably more than one or two occasions. And typically, conversation is initiated by someone who is thinking about something that they need to be doing or considering whether what they're doing now is what God wants for their life. Or they're thinking about a decision that they have to make that's important. Maybe about a job or something to do with their family. And they want to know, am I, am, am what I'm doing, is it what God wants for me to do? Or what I'm thinking about, is it God's will? And certainly, that's an important thing to ask. At least I hope it's something important for us to consider in our lives. And so, they come to me and they say, John, you know a little bit of something about calling. So, tell me, when you got your calling, how did you know? Right? We want to know. That what we're doing is what we're supposed to be doing, right? John, how did you know? And by now, certainly I give them the same answer um, that I've come up with after years of thinking about that, and it's, it's this. Well, you just kind of know, right? And their first initial response is, in my thought, the way I see it, is kind of disappointment. And of course I tell them, you know, you get to that point, you know, there's, there's praying and fasting, and you speak with other people, and you spend time talking to God, asking God, and you spend time listening to God, and you get to that point where you just kind of know. And I think part of the disappointment that many people may have in that situation is, I think a lot of times we would like to really, really know. We would like the billboard that says, all systems go, go for it, right? Or either the blinking red light to say, stop, don't do it. Don't, because we think maybe if we have those kind of images and it's that clear to us, then surely we'd have no other choice but to listen. Well, maybe we would, and again, maybe we wouldn't. Now, what I want us to realize, I think part of the reality is when we consider the calling of God in our lives is this. Though it's not wrong to, to want that assurance and to have that, you know, that billboard or the trumpets blaring or anything like that. We, you know, we want experiences like Isaiah's, right? Can you imagine that? Imagine you're in your church, right? Your temple by yourself one day. As you're here, all of a sudden it's, it's filling up with smoke. And then there's angels flying around and they're throwing coals at your face, right? Kind of hard to ignore that, wouldn't you say? Or even Peter and the other disciples who were chosen that day. As they're there in the boat, Jesus tells them to go, to go out. Tells them to go out a little bit further. He says, put down your net. They say, well, we've been doing this all night. We haven't caught anything. Put it down anyway. And when they do, they start bringing it up, and it's a little bit heavier this time. And as they bring it up, they realize they got to call for reinforcements because they got so many fish. They don't know what to do with. Kind of hard to ignore that, wouldn't you say? So I don't think it's wrong to, have, to, to want those kinds of experiences. Certainly I've had those kind of experiences in my life. Certainly, you know, an Emmaus walk or something like that is when it's just been boom, just like and you can't ignore it. But I think also for me and I think for many other people, so many times that we have heard the calling of God hadn't come with the bang, the bells or the whistles. But it's come in that sweet, small, subtle assurance. God gives. And I say that because I think, well, again, it's not wrong to, to want those experiences and to look for them. I think we get in trouble 
when that's what we're expecting. Because waiting to see the billboard, waiting to hear the angels or whatever, in so doing, we can ignore or not hear that sweet, subtle assurance that God can give. Think of it this way. Those of you who are are married or are thinking of marriage or whatnot, have you ever thought that maybe it's part of your calling from God to be a faithful spouse? Maybe it's part of your calling to be that family member that holds the family together, that works and struggles for the family. Or maybe it's part of your calling to be that church member that is willing to do what needs to be done or say what needs to be said. See, sometimes we, those are just common experiences. Sometimes we can kind of look past those because we're looking for the big answers, for big problems or for big situations. But again, in so doing, we can miss that very subtle voice of God. as it is right now. This could be the moment when we hear God the most. And certainly I'm not saying that you can only hear God on a Sunday morning all dressed up sitting in a pew. I'm not saying that. But you know, it's going to be really hard to hear God later on this afternoon with everybody around you yelling, eating chicken wings. It may be that in your life right now, the only place that you can find this kind of quiet is on a Sunday morning all dressed up sitting in a pew. But I want to make sure that each one of you, each one of us, has the chance to be able to just stop and listen. I think there's two important parts for us to consider in that listening to God. We Put in your mind, if you could, what's going on this day that Luke tells us about when Jesus is on the shore. Now, is this exactly how it happened? I don't know, but I kind of see Jesus out there by the shore. and Maybe he likes long weeks and walks by the beach, or maybe he's out there skipping rocks one day with the disciples. I don't know. But I see him out there, and maybe some of the kids from the village, they see him, they recognize him, and they go tell their family, and their parents tell their neighbors, and their neighbors, and soon somebody's yelling, hey, look who's here, and they go out. And the writer tells us that as Jesus is out there at the shore, suddenly there's a crowd. And I kind of see, you know, being patient and everything, and knowing that water's getting that much closer. And he notices over here that there's two boats on the shore. Notice there's some fishermen, they're out, and they're cleaning sort of showing us that they're at the end of their day working. So he walks over to one and apparently without any introduction or anything at all, just kind of steps into one and tells the guy, hey, take me out a little bit. As he goes out, he begins to teach the crowd. And I love that. At the beginning of the story, if you look at the text, it tells us that the crowd was pressing on Jesus. By the time he starts teaching, it says he gets into the boat to teach the crowds, plural which is a pretty common thing we, we see in some of these stories of Jesus' teaching. It doesn't take long for the crowds to multiply. And then Jesus gets done teaching. And he tells Simon, I want you to go out a little bit further. Simon goes out a little bit further. Then he tells him, 
I want you to drop your nets back in the water. Now, you remember last week, we talked about hearing from God and God speaking to us, and we talked about what are some of the very first things that so many of us do. Do you remember that? And what did we say we do we're so good at? Excuses. Excuses, right? We're really good at that. So Jesus tells Peter, put your nets down. What's the first thing that Peter says? Wow. <laughs> All right, Mr. Carpenter, I'm the fisherman here. Let me tell you. We've been doing this all night, and we hadn't caught anything. I love it. But if you say so, I'll do it. Now, to me, I can't tell you how powerful that is. Let me tell you why. Jesus tells him to put down his nets. And what does Peter say? We have been fishing all night. We, Simon, the people that are in the boat with them, the people at the shore that are holding the other boat, we have been doing this all night, and we haven't caught anything. But if you say, I'll do it. I don't know what everybody else is going to do, but I'll do it. I don't know if everybody else is going to be mad, because here we just got finished cleaning these nets. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble, but I'll do it. And what does he do? He does it. And that is so powerful because, you know, so many people in our lives, well, they know what it is we need, don't they? They got the right answers for us. They got the right words for us. They know if we just better ourselves here, you know, things will be a lot better, right? Boy, they got it all figured out for us. Never mind themselves, but they got it figured out for us, don't they? And in hearing all that, sometimes we can hear that voice of God and it can be very easy to think, you know what, that's not what everybody else is telling me, God. But if you say so, then I'll do it. Second thing is this. Sometimes we think, you know, in order to hear from God, in order to do God's business, whatever that may be, whether it's something uh, specific as far as, you know, ministry or something like that, or whether it's something common, you know, raising family or things like that, sometimes we think, we get the impression that everything's got to be in a row. Everything's got to set up straight. You know, the orbits have to rotate perfectly for everything to happen the way it's supposed to happen. Now watch this. Peter is a fisherman. This isn't a leisurely trip he is taking one day that Jesus happens to stroll by him. This is how he makes a living. This is how he feeds himself, probably maybe his family. This is how he gets by. This is probably one of the most unsuccessful days that Peter has ever had in his life. You think about it, for us, maybe we go to work one week and we don't get paid. Y'all with me? That's the kind of day Peter's having. And not only is he having unsuccess, and think about it, you have a bad day at work, you come home. How you feeling? Come here, talk to me right now. So here he is cleaning these nets, ain't caught nothing all night, and this guy says to bring his boat out. And then he has the audacity to say, after he's done teaching, probably some good teaching, then he says, throw your net back in the water. What? The call of God, I'm convinced come at any time. It can come 
at our most unsuccessful part of life. It can come when we are the most angriest. It can come when we feel the loneliest. It can come when we don't think there is an ounce of hope at all. And friends, I hope you'll take that as a bit of encouragement to keep on. To have that hope. To keep fighting, to keep doing whatever it is that you need to be doing because you never know when it is you'll get to hear that sweet, soft, subtle voice. If it's in a place like this, then praise God. If it's when you're at home in your bed, you know, just staring at the wall or looking out the window, if it's in a rocking chair as you, you know, watch children play in the street, if, if, it's, if it's remembering going through an old photo book, or if it's anything like that, wherever else it may happen, praise God. Because you and I need to be able to sit back and just listen. In Jesus' name.